Dear Lord, every time we take a breath, we need to be mindful of your presence. And we ask that in the situation of our today, that we would find you, respond to you, let the kingdom advance in our lives so that it would advance across this globe. Thank you, Lord, that we can turn to you. Thank you, Father, for your generosity and love. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your anointing. Please touch our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. So one of the people that I read quite a bit is a psychiatrist named Daniel Siegel. He's very good on issues of neurobiology. And in his writings, he talks about something called global integration, which is how our brain operates. And one of the things he focuses on is what he calls state integration. The fact that we can be in two emotional states at the same time, even when those states seem to be contradicting each other. Now, why would I talk about that? Because I'm experiencing today state integration. On the one hand, I am very sad. On the other hand, my heart holds to hope. Let me talk about that. So right now I'm in Boulder. I was out here last week doing a seminar on prayer in Colorado Springs. In two days I leave for Divide, which is in the mountains of Colorado, to do a seminar on six questions Jesus asks. But right now I'm in Boulder. And yesterday I had an opportunity to stop by and behold what has taken place at the King Super where 10 people lost their lives. Now that's right across the street from my son's church. And so we went to church in the morning and then I asked him and we, we just rode across the street and there it is, King Super, that was flashed across the globe because of that tragedy that took place quite recently. The whole parking lot has been cordoned off. It's surrounded by a chain link fence. It's empty. There's nothing going on there. Nobody moves in, nobody moves out. On the chain link fence, there are thousands upon thousands of flowers, pictures, notes, stuffed animals, all, all the way around, three sides. They've been there for a long time, so most of the flowers are hanging limp and dried. The stuffed animals and the notes are drenched because of the recent rains. There are three other people there, bowing, one kneeling, praying. It wasn't that long ago that it was the scene of unspeakable violence. Policemen rushing in, people running away. Senseless. And for so many, many people, including the entire Boulder community, the grieving has really just begun. Probably to some degree, many are still in the shock and are trying to make some sense out of something that is so senseless. As I look at that scene and looked at that scene, I was in some ways overwhelmed by the silence and the inactivity 
the motionless nature of what's taking place inside of that chain link fence. The store is closed. It's shut off. Nobody can get access. Not that long ago, it was a place of gathering, busy, people coming in, people going out. A place where individuals could buy their groceries, talk to a friend, see someone and wave. And yet right now it is completely empty. It was really stunning to me. It, it in some ways screamed at me in the silence. The silence was quite loud. And my mind began to go to something, and it was Saturday of the crucifixion of Jesus. His followers would have seen the violence to them so heartbreaking, the birth so much loss. And then Saturday, what do you do? How do you understand? Why does it happen? When will it ever stop? I could feel that as I was there. The scene is imprinted on me, and I am sure it will never go away. Now, there are some things that we need to know, okay? Look, we, we can't be passive about this, can we? We have to make our voice known regarding all of these issues. We got to care. Just simply got to care. We can't get to the place that this happens so much that we're numb to it. No, it needs to impact us every single time. And we do need to pray because there are principalities and powers behind this and there is a degree to which hearts need changed even more than legislation needs changed, though legislation does need changed. And we got to speak up. We can't be silent. I was saying just the other day in a seminar that the words of Bonhoeffer ring within when he in Nazi Germany said, it's not enough to care for the victims of a madman running down the street, mowing people down with a vehicle. You have to do something to stop him. And that is absolutely true in this case. What can we do? What do we need to do to press for sanity regarding these issues? We, we can't just sit by. I can't sit by. Caring, praying, speaking, acting, these are absolutes for us. But there's another fact that came to my mind. And the fact is that this, in fact, is not the end. Yes, there's great grieving and there's great loss and there's a need for great change, but we know this isn't the final part of the story. It's an ugly part. It's a part that births tremendous grieving and heartache, but it's not the end. I remember a sermon that Anthony Campola gave over and over again. And to be honest with you, I think he heard the sermon from an African-American preacher once. The title became famous. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Friday, of course, represents the violence, the death, the loss. Saturday represents the silence and the confusion, but then there is this promise that Sunday is coming. This is the promise we hold to. This is why scripture so often in so many different places calls us to hold joy in one hand and suffering in the other. In Hebrews 12, it talks about Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Paul in 1 Thessalonians talks about the fact that in a time of great suffering, these 
Thessalonian Christians experienced a great joy. And that is something that we, we just must hold to. It's so hard at times like this. Because the reality right in front of our eyes seems like reality, but there is a greater reality, a spiritual reality, something that we hold to, and that is the reality that God will redeem all things. The promise of Scripture is there will be a day when there will be a new heaven and there will be a new earth and that God will wipe away all tears and there will be no more violence and hatred. Isaiah the prophet talked about lions lying down with lambs, swords being turned into plowshares, people of all colors and and racial groups and ethnicity gathering together under the name of Jesus, giving him praise because we have been redeemed in him. This is the hope that we have to hold to and keep speaking to one another over and over and over again. Yes, there are things we can do to care and to pray and to speak out. And there are changes that need to happen in the laws as far as I'm concerned, though I know even stating that makes some people very uncomfortable. But deeper than that is the message that we as Christians are to bring it, and it's a message of great hope that there will be another day. The book of Revelation in some way portrays this, portrays this rather. It's the idea that at a time when it looks like the evil one is going to win, you look at the book of Revelation and you see that that may be true in what we see here on the earth, but in heaven there's rejoicing because the lamb who was slain is going to return as a great king. And he will redeem all things and the kingdom of God, which is a kingdom of mercy and a kingdom of grace and a kingdom of joy and healing and forgiveness, will break through. It will break through. And there is no time when we need to describe it more and declare it more than times like this. I recognize for those that have lost a loved one, it's a time to grieve. But as Ecclesiastes says, there are seasons and there is a time also for hope. So we give people room to grieve. Let them voice their grief. Let them wail in the midst of their grief. Let us join them in their grief. And then at the same time, let us hold to that hope. These things will pass someday. Probably not soon enough for many of us, but they will pass. And that we hold together intention at the same time, the emotion of sadness and the emotion of joy. The despair that often comes when someone we love has left us way too soon. And the hope that we will see them again. That there is another place. There is another day. And that God will redeem the picture that we get in the book of Revelation at the end is of the great city of Jerusalem descending upon earth where it would be a place of peace, a place of dancing, a place of abundance. 
And so when the enemy hits us even through other people hard, is it not important for us to hold on to the promise that it feels someday like Friday and the agony and the silence of Saturday when we wonder why and will it ever stop, but we hold to the voice of God that says Sunday is coming. There will be the resurrection of all things. Isn't it wonderful that God allows us to grieve, to cry out, to lament? At the same time as we hold the promise that there will be another day. Today I am caught in between those two extremes. I see the fence, the cordoning off of King Super, the silence, the inactivity, the disappointment, and the loss. And at the same time, I remember the song of heaven, that there will be another day and we will dance again. 